0: So, James 5, by way of review, this is what we covered uh, last Wednesday, and one of the things unique about this text is that we were tying together the issues of persecution and the struggle of that and the idea of waiting, being patient in suffering, and then this curious reference about not complaining and how sometimes when we're stressed out, we complain, um, for those of us here who are married, uh, there are occasions, or, or Tori and Connor who are about to be married, they're going to learn real soon, that when your spouse or you are tired and frustrated, you can sometimes get complainy, whiny, snarky, and and say things to your spouse that you wouldn't normally say. And we just do that. When we're stressed out, we sometimes complain. To me, what is really really serious now when i when i see words theological words laden with meaning like the word judge do not judge i'm like whoa do not judge lest you be judged and the standard of judgments that you render will be given back to you it's like you're going to get what's coming you know how you treat people god's going to treat you oh, boy this judging sin is a really bad one and then look what james does do not complain Brothers and sisters against one another because, so that you may not be judged. So he's putting complaining on the level of judging. Ouch. Ouch, to those of us uh, who are given to the sin of being whiny and complaining. Ouch. Okay, and then, uh, and this idea of making vows, swearing, which which means promises. It's not cuss words. Making promises to maybe get out of persecution. Making promises that you can't keep when you're stressed out. It's really fascinating. So, all right, tonight's a new section. And it's really, it's, this one's a tough one. Can I just say it's tough? And I struggle with it and I need you to help me with it. So let me read uh, James five thirteen to 18. This is the New American Standard. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit that is the paragraph based on the great new testament so it's okay it's coherent and so you can't just chop it up this is complicated (laughs) so here's a historical uh uh, intro (coughs) um our healthcare system okay think what is available to us you know galen's here by the way I, I'm, I know, you know, Galen, that your name is the namesake of one of the most famous physicians in all the Greco Roman world. His name is Galen. And, uh, but think about just the knowledge that Galen has regarding the medical sciences, what Tori has regarding the medical sciences, what Connor does, what Phyllis does, and your husband you know, is a pharmacist. We're, you have data that is mind blowing to understand uh, mechanism of action on drugs and why this drug shuts this receptor down while this one fires it up and makes it really work you know, efficiently and how by blocking certain receptors you can change the health of somebody whether it's physical health mental health etc it's just amazing uh, dermatology oncology you know You can go on and on, all the various aspects of Western medicine that are really mind-blowing. I have a dear friend whose father is an MD, but in nuclear medicine, you know, talk about getting down to the small stuff. You know, it's just just mind-blowing, right? All right, now let's set that all aside and let's pop back to the first century world. What was healthcare like in the first century? (laughs) something you know uh, they would (laughs) they would bleed people they would make all kinds of poultice things out of mustard plants and all kinds of stuff Uh, the abusive treatment that male so called physicians did to women was unspeakable in fact there's a reference to that in the Gospels, where there there was a woman who was hemorrhaging, and she'd been bleeding for years and years and years, and it says, quote-unquote, she spent everything she had on health care and received no help whatsoever. And she just said, if I could touch the hem of the garment. It's just fascinating. And uh, from almost witch doctor voodoo-ish kind of hocus-pocus cures that were Completely bogus and oftentimes caused more suffering, there were people that really struggled now. one of the ways they did treat people uh, in both the old and New Testament was through oil uh, olive oil Galen, which is why doTERRA is really um, a very special way of treating. Thank you that was <clears throat> okay there's my beloved wife over there so so <laughs> um, uh, the 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 Samaritan, who stumbled on the man who was beaten up and left for dead, uh, poured oil on his wounds. Yeah. Wine and oil. Why wine? Well, it's an antiseptic. You know, there's enough ethanol in it that it actually can kill some bacteria. So, so there's just a quick little overview. Uh, by the way, there was a particular plant uh, that was efficient in the first century world. So and it was in such demand that it was eradicated. you couldn't find it in Palestine. so So really serious stuff. All right, now, what are you going to do if you're a poor, fledgling gathering of Christians, and there's health care problems in the church? What's going on? All right? So what happens in chapter 5, 13, 18? Hey, Tony, you get this real practical series of statements about how the church acted in their kind of life function, you know. Um, so let's walk through this. Anybody suffering? Let's look at some of these terms here by the way. Um, the word suffering, two words combine that, kakos, which means bad, and and pathos, pathology. You know, if I if I get that snipped off, it's gonna go to pathology to determine if it's it's basal cell carcinoma or some type of cancer so so that says are you suffering are you suffering bad things? Is anybody experiencing bad things that make them suffer? Well, a question is begged. Does he is he talking about physical illness or persecution? In this instance, it's probably persecution. okay And then he says, this person is cheerful, that's curious. the the person the person suffering needs to pray. The person who's cheerful needs to sing. Okay, interesting. Uh, these are, these are. by the way, they're all imperatives. It's what we're supposed to do. And then as someone sick, he must call the elders of the church and there to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's fascinating. So sick, the term, uh, astheno. Uh, by the way, Galen, asthenia. You may be familiar with that, Tori, uh, the medical term. There are some psych meds that cause asthenia, just weakness. You know? um, so that's the very term. So is is somebody weak, you're feeble, powerless? Or does it mean sick? Well, probably it does mean physical illness, probably. Some say it's spiritual illness, but I think it's really physical. Um, yeah? I'm not a
1: history book, and I'm not very familiar with people. Ill?
0: Like, you know, they people as Ill or sick and was it the same thing yeah, they had more generic terms, like asthenia, which can be feeble, weakness, but it's used commonly um for uh being sick, in fact, I feature that at mark five or six fifty six Luke four forty that Jesus went about healing everyone who was sick, yeah, so. Most likely he's talking about physical illness.
1: Like mental illness. Yeah.
0: That's thank you, Gabe. Yeah. So uh, typically they that would be described as demon possession. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, which was uh, I think is very real actually, but I also think it's also very misunderstood. Like, for example, um, in Mark's gospel, there's a boy who, uh, quote unquote, is demon possessed. And it's so severe that the demonic spirit will throw him to the ground. He'll convulse, he might throw him toward a fire if there's a fire going, in cooking or something like that, or throw him toward water, trying to destroy him. It's just trying to destroy him. You either burn him to death or drown him. Yes, and his father's father's worn out for dealing with his son, and the the dad says, "Look, I took him to your disciples, and they couldn't do anything. And I, if you can, would you do something with my boy?" And Jesus says to him, "If I can." he says, do you believe? And the man says, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's a beautiful story where the dad's getting really honest with God. And that there's things out of my control and I'm worn out and my faith is worn out. I believe, yes, but I'm struggling with my doubts. Would you please do something? Jesus heals the boy. So is it epilepsy? Or is it demonic possession? Or both? It is epilepsy, and there's a demonic spirit exploiting that. That's where I stand on it. I do not believe that Satan nor demonic spirits cause mental illness or mental disorders. I believe they exploit them. That's what I do. Yeah, It's a great opportunity to really mess with somebody. So, so Gabe, I think it's a real sickness of some sort. It's physical, and that person who's sick is to call for the elders of the church, presbyters, the elders. And the, the, the verb to call, it's a middle voice imperative. It means you're commanded to do it, but you need to do it for your own sake. In other words, if, if Ms. Shaw calls me and says, hey, Chris, I'm really sick, uh, I, I need you to call for the elders of the church because we're gonna, I need you to anoint me for Sunday pray prayer me. I should say no, you, Michal, call the elders of the church. It's really specific that it's something the elders or that the sick person does, not not someone for that person, so that is a significant idea that that person needs to take charge um and then it says they're to be anointed with oil and they're to be prayed over uh It's interesting that it's plural elders, not singular. Um, and this doesn't appear to be what's referenced in 1 Corinthians, uh, a faith healer, like the charismatic faith healing thing. It doesn't appear to be that. It appears to be uh, the, 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 the older spiritual people, the wise old people at church, are gathering around someone who's very ill. And they bring olive oil, and they anoint the head, and they pray over them. It doesn't say that they touch them. It just says they pray over them. That's all that it says. Um, so what happens look at verse 15 and the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick and the lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins they will be forgiven him this is really unusual language all of a sudden we're shifting into something kind of curious uh the prayer of faith okay um that's fine we can get that one the Lord will raise him up what does that mean is, is he so sick that he's bedfast? is that the implication can't get out of bed because it sounds resurrection-ish okay I was going to raise him up and by the way these are all future terms not present but future and if there's sins they're going to be forgiven It. that's interesting by the way uh, Matthew 9 two, Mark running down the line all these scriptures associate a physical problem with a sin problem. Do you remember the guy that was at the temple of Solomon's porticos, And he was laying paralyzed for 38 years. Do you remember that? And how long would an average Jewish peasant live? How many years? Life expectancy? 40, 42 years. So this guy has been paralyzed functioning all his life okay he's very old and jesus comes up to him and and speaks like a psychologist do you want to get better do you want to get well this guy's been 38 years on a on a pallet do you want to get better what a question and the response is telling lord every time i try to go down to the water where the angel stirs it the younger cripples beat me there and I can't, I can't get a blessing. Somebody's beating me to the blessing every time. And Jesus immediately heals him, and he gets up and goes. Jesus bumps into him in the market, and at 514, he says, See to it that you don't sin anymore, so nothing worse happens to you. And I quoted the verse. See to it that you don't sin anymore, so nothing worse happens to you. Whoa! What is that about? What happened 38 years ago that rendered because that means he was a kid. What is Jesus meaning? This is, this is tough. Theologically, this is not easy stuff, because he would have been so young. Is it possible he was one of those folks that made it to 50, 60 years of age and he committed some really wicked, nasty sin as a teenager? Maybe, maybe. We don't know. But whatever it was, 38 years ago, something nasty happened. And according to Jesus' own words, it rendered him crippled. Ouch. That's tough. Okay? And there's lots of scripture, uh, John chapter nine. Remember the story about the man born blind? What did the disciples say? They're, they're walking along and they're saying, oh wow, look how the sun is hitting the temple. Isn't it beautiful? And, and then they see this blind guy, he's begging and they ask innocently to Jesus. They say, who sinned, this guy or his mom or dad? Do you remember that? Who sinned that he's rendered blind? And Jesus gave an answer and said, no, it wasn't that. And uh, he's blind. He's suffering blindness, not because of sin, but because of the glory of God an opportunity for God to show glory through this man's life, through healing. All right, back at James. This is this is tough. The prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, the Lord raise him up, and if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Does that sound like a sick person being healed of, say, cancer or heart disease or blindness, physical illness, or or, or interpretation to her? This is the language of conversion. You got saved. I lay this at your feet, Christ Church. What say ye? physical illness sin related or the language of conversion I
1: think
0: it's So mm-hmm. okay. Tony says okay Connor says okay yeah it's interesting Lord will raise them up that's an interesting phrase anybody else What he's saying
1: among you so he's not talking about outsiders
0: yeah yeah maybe they're just covering all the bases yeah that's good that's good. <clears throat> is there anything that makes us uncomfortable here? Anything that's hard? The big thing for me is sickness is directly related to sin.
1: again, game. It's kind of like a scapegoat. You know, if you commit a sin, you can get sick and be forgiven. It's kind of like if you commit murder as long as you go to jail a certain time and then you're gone. And, you know, you find faith and back, you're forgiven. Yeah. yeah that's good. Um... says if he has committed sins. So that means he may have or he may not have. He's sick. He
0: may have committed sins, he may have not committed sins. Yeah. That's all I read That's good. In fact actually that is that is uh, true to the text, yeah. Yeah. Which which Phyllis kind of pushes it in a way to me back toward its physical illness. Well, we don't
1: know
0: yeah, it, we'll find out. <laughs> one day we will find out, out, yeah. I don't
1: know. You know yeah, I
0: don't so.
1: Yeah. doesn't have to explain it to him. <laughs> yeah. we um, not, getting, not means, like, you act like you're sick. You know, it's like, okay, okay, well, I was drunk, so right, that's right. why, I, you
0: know, I drink yeah. that's what I getting. Sure, sure, no, that's good, that's a good game. So, can you see the difficulty of this, applying this to our culture? For example, probably Galen... In this crowd here, how many of us do you think have had COVID or some form of it? A lot. <laughs> Pretty much all of us, right? Okay. <gasps> sin in the camp. we have all been sinful. We all got COVID. You know, so you can see. Well, that that's silly. You know, that's silly. So so if it's a serious illness, ah, sin. That's what it is. You know, you know if if I if I come down with. Uh, some horrible pancreatic cancer, something horrible, and Lisa gets the, the word, hey, you got six months. And I say, Lisa, Pop Tarts from here on out, girl, I'm going to enjoy the six months I've got. You know, Oh, if it's bad, it's, it's, it's cancer or something, and it's sin behind it. You know, you can see that it gets a little complicated. I mean,
1: that's what Joel's is. You know, they yes. to the sin in his sickness.
0: Yes, that's a very good film. Yes, yeah, exactly. Timmy. So, a question.
1: Is this where Catholics get the notion of last rites?
0: Yes, actually they do, yes. Yeah, anointing Mm -hmm. and uh, addressing the issue of sin at death. So, at that
1: point, then, it's all sins up until then, right? And then it's kind of the...
0: yeah. yeah, you know, that's obviously the extreme Catholic position, you know, and you wouldn't want to drop that onto this because that, that idea is coming like at the Council of Trent is when that was ratified. So we're talking a long, long, long time later, but, but your point is not wasted because regardless, sin is associated with disease, some sickness of some kind. Uh, so it's tough. Yeah, Jens? Could it just simply
1: be their lack of understanding of the scientific mechanisms of illness and the yep. things that cause
0: it? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of commentators you know, are gonna say they had a very primitive understanding of medical care And oftentimes would attribute a spiritual problem with a physical problem. They would immediately make that connection, which I understand. Um, And by the way, I oftentimes don't even disagree with at all. Um, For example, has anyone here ever been so upset at your spouse you get sick to your stomach? Get a migraine? I'm sure you've never seen Bruce drive Janice Batty or Janice drive Bruce Batty. But you know, you can get in a you can get in a relationship, spouse or not. Your kid anybody have kids that go sideways and do bad things? And as a parent, you're just gut sick. Stress diarrhea, migraines, you're just sick. Okay. What happens with the soul affects the body. What happens with the body affects the soul. You can't there's no disconnecting our internal sense of self with our bodies. It's all connected. So I completely agree with it. But, <clears throat> at Phyllis, what you said about Job is brilliant. I mean, it's not up to us to judge whether it's sin. We're not yeah. supposed to
1: do
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. yeah, and I think we make huge mistakes if we try to use uh, radical confidence here that all disease attributes directly to sin of some kind. I think that's pretty dangerous stuff. Does it
1: always mean the sin of that individual or could it refer back to, like, the sin of, you know, from the garden? Because we wouldn't have suffering if it weren't for that original
0: fall. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Galen. And and the implication is that um, had, had that not happened, we'd all be glowing and clothed in light and we'd all be eating pomegranates and you know having a good time so yeah uh that is absolutely a part of jewish theology very much jewish and um but 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 galen it's more complicated (laughs) is there sin in heaven now think before you answer is there sin in heaven Lisa says, now I'll get the no from Lisa. If
1: heaven is your paradise and my paradise is a no meat lovers pizza every day <laughs> day,
0: that's a me. It's Well, there'll be Pop-Tarts in heaven. Now. What do you think? Is there sin in heaven? Mama Sue, what do you think? I'm getting, Tony's giving me the nod, okay? Me and Tony are on the same page. What does the New Testament say? What of angels, quote unquote, when they sinned? Yeah. So, what I'm trying to say, Galen, is simply even in the spiritual realm, there can be disobedience. And of course, that's the whole Lucifer story and the fallen angels and all that. So, it's complicated, people. But here's what we do know: If you and I lived in the first century world, and we fled Jerusalem, and we were trying to survive persecution, and we found ourselves gathering around each other's little huts in, in the village, villages where we've settled, and we're doing the Eucharist together, and we're quoting scriptures that Jesus, quoting the words of Jesus which would be like are reading the Bible. You quoted it. You didn't hold it and read it. You memorized and quoted it. And, and you're learning something that I memorized. I'm learning something that you memorized. And we're keeping the teachings of Jesus going. We're doing church. And someone falls ill. This is what James says to do. Whether we understand it or not, whether we feel the pressure to put modern medical sciences principles on it or not it's what james tells the early early followers of jesus to do so now i want you to know that as a practice i have done this i don't know how many times when people have called me and said chris would you please get folks together would you please anoint me with oil i need you to pray over me this is bad you know whatever the situation is absolutely Uh, Are there magical, not magical, but mystical, miraculous results every time? Absolutely no. No. I wish there were, Sue. I wish there were, but there's not. But sometimes there are. Sometimes amazing things happen. And I can't make that happen. But I've done what they've asked, and I've tried to follow the scriptures. So... Um, Do you think asking for elders to gather around you and anoint you all in prayer and pray, is that a faith gesture? Tammy's getting the nod a little bit, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Do you remember the story where Jesus is in someone's house and the place is so packed, you can't even get inside, and four friends gathered and get a buddy who's crippled and they try to get him inside. They can't. They go up on top of the roof. They dig a hole through the tile. Do you remember that? And they lower him right down in front of Jesus. Talk about, talk about the show. Here it is, right in front of Jesus. What's he going to do? What does Jesus say that's fascinating about faith? Do you remember what he said? Seeing their faith, seeing the faith of the four friends... Seeing their faith, he says to the cripple, your sins are forgiven. Does that make sense? In a way, it doesn't make sense. We think theologically it should say, seeing the faith of the man on the pallet, who was willing to be carried and dropped down to the roof, seeing his faith, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. But it doesn't say that. We think it should. But it actually says, seeing the faith of the poor man, he said to the guy, your sins are forgiven. So, sometimes the little gestures, things that we do, a pallet tied with ropes to four corners, I guess, God, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, sometimes getting on our knees, physical gestures, getting on our knees, raising our hands this way to pray. Sometimes physical gestures, symbolic things, posture, uh, little things we do, carry some pretty serious weight when it's from the heart when it's the heart is that like intercessory prayer
1: a person could be going through and the praise is just so much is on that person like you said call for the elders but then we got saints of God praying so we fill in the gap for that person so what the court did, they, they filled in the gap
0: yes sir yes sir exactly and that's a good thing <laughs> that's better than trying to go it alone Ah, there it is. We need each other. There it is. I think this is wonderful. I've practiced it many, many times. Do I understand it all? No. Uh, Cody, you're going to say something about the heart. It's right. not just, you know,
1: it's, it's doing that with the heart. Yeah. Not because it's like, oh, we, we kneel because it's, it's the order. It's the. are yeah. supposed to kneel at this point, pray. Right? Yeah. We're supposed to get at the altar and pray. Yeah. You know,
0: there's no magic formula, no magic no, trigger. No
1: magic we have to sit down, this and
0: that. Yeah, then,
1: yeah. It's like you.
0: I was at the school. We nailed down this hand and this and that. Yeah, yeah. It's the heart. It's the heart issue. So. Okay.
1: Everybody the person the down too
0: well. Which scares everybody in church, and Did then they get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is interesting. Galen, I think you're going to appreciate this one. So uh, there's a book. it's, It's called an apocryphal book because it's secretive. It's not in our canon, our Bible. It's not in our Old and New Testament. It's called The Wisdom of Jesus, Son of Sirach, also known as Ecclesiastes. Okay? Now... Jesus, by the way, was a pretty common name. So that shouldn't throw you. All right. That's Greek for Hebrew. Yeshua, Joshua. All right. So the wisdom of Joshua, the son of Sirach. Now it was written about the second, third century B.C. Okay. You with me? It is referenced into the first and second century A.D. It's a pretty big piece of Jewish literature. Look what it says. Can you read that soon? Okay, I'll read it. Let me read that. Honor the physician with the honor due him. According to your need of him, for the Lord created him, for healing comes from the Most High, And he will receive a gift from the king. The skill of the physician lifts up his head and the presence of a great man of men he has admired. The Lord created medicines from the earth and a sensible man will not despise them. Isn't that fascinating? That's the second century BC. Essentially saying it's not foolish to go see a doctor. It's not a foolish thing. And that God can use the doctor. Does it make sense? That's just really wise. I thought that was interesting. So in your, in your researching you know, Jewish writings that are not in the Old Testament, you're going to come across that one. It's really interesting to read. I, I would encourage you to look at it. So uh, it's not scripture, but it does give us a window into history. All right. So there it is again. We'll have to stop at verse 15, and we'll, we'll pick up. A 16 next time. So, all right, is anyone among you suffering? Is it the idea of persecution? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? Hey, it's time to sing. Is anyone among you sick? Then that person, for their own sake, must call for the elders of the church and they'll pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So, by the way, Phyllis, um, the implication for that is actually addressed in 16. Uh, therefore, confess your sins. Meaning, during that healing event, there's confession of sin. Yeah. So, so while the elders are there to to anoint, Pray there's with that potential confession, and those sins would then, if their sins, would then be forgiven. So, all right, anybody else, and how we pull that out of the first century world into our world today. Yeah, yeah. don't go it alone. I like that. That's good. What else? Can you... Uh, some, something for me is that... Uh, I think we need each other and we need the closeness of those relationships, Gabe, in church. And I'm, I'm not saying virtual church is bad. Uh, the underground church in China, I understand the difficulties of that, but we're not there. I hope we never get there to where China is, um, but we need each other. And you can't do this if you're in your jammies doing Facebook church. You know. Gotta be here. Gotta be here. We need each other, so uh, the one word
1: that sticks out to me from this whole yeah. thing is yeah. Yeah. believe. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. what's the alternative? It's hor the alternative's horrible. Horrible alternative, yeah. So Cody? Yes. If sick, let them come ask. Be yeah. okay with him being sick, because,
1: again, we're, with the, with the lepers, we were about last Sunday, the not touching them, it's that, You know, like sick. Um, yeah. be okay with announcing that you're sick. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah,
0: that's, think about that's
1: it. I like that, uh, Cody. Yeah. That no, that's, that's good. They just kept everything, uh proposed and keep
0: everything yeah. You know, normal. Yeah. That's not, uh, that's so good. So, anybody else?
1: Someone that's sticking out is on verse 14. It says about the elders, and then at the last sentence of 16, it writes the rights of persons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The prayer of a righteous person. In the old King James, it would say, availeth much. The old King James language. The prayer of a righteous man, availeth much. So, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. You guys have been very encouraging. We need each other. And uh, we'll look at 16 next Wednesday, which will be pretty challenging. And what about confessing sin? Should that be private? Should that be public? Should that be, you know, me and a couple guys getting together and saying, hey, I need to confess my sin. Whenever I get in the car and I start driving, I turn into a different person, and I get angry, and I'm yelling at people through the windshield, and everybody on planet Earth is stupid, and they're all in my way, and I hate people, and I'm so mad when I drive my car and I confess that sin you're laughing, that would never happen. And, uh, and you guys, you just say, Chris, dude, man, you need, to, you need to confront your control issues, you know, when you're driving. And, and I lay my, I get, I get real. Me and the guys in men's group, I get real. I mean, this is where I'm really hurting guys. And I feel corrected, and I feel clean. And the next time I'm in the car, I'm just waving, and it's really nice. And I'm driving under the speed limit so I don't break any laws, and everybody's. Just kidding about going under the speed limit. Confession.
1: And the thing is. What's I that? I was told people with some strongholds and so that's when I come to the church. Now, if I told y'all I we was strongholds, y'all would get me different.
0: You know that, uh, Tony, that's true.
1: I can't That's true. true. That was, I got that. Steve over my house and they talking, which I may lose, right? And <laughs> I help my kids. And... I got kind of upset still when I was really busted and upset. there. not me just there, just listen. And, and like, I, I like when he
0: said, keep it real. Yes, and I
1: like to keep it real, but you don't want people looking at you different. Because you cry when <laughs> you want to get help, and you want people praying for you. Like I said, I want to talk to you about something, and I want people involved. Right. But I found that people would look at you different. They would kind of shun away from you.
0: Yes, yes. When people it comes look to it. Our real junk. They don't want to hear our, our real junk. They don't, want, they don't want to know about it. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, uh, there's a PhD. Her name is Brene Brown. You know, okay? You know, all right, all right. Hit a nerve there. And one of the most famous videos on Brene Brown is on vulnerability, which is like saying getting real. That's what the word means, be vulnerable. Like being willing to confess, hey, I'm having a real struggle. I hate people when I drive, or whatever the thing is, you know, and getting vulnerable. And she said, We don't want to be vulnerable because we fear shame. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because people are going to treat us differently, they're going to look at us differently, and all of a sudden we went from nice guy to creepy guy. And so we keep our junk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's real, Tony. Mm -hmm. It is real. Yeah. And yet, and where, is it the, can you feel the irony in all this? Where's the one place we ought to be able to bring the worst junk we got and no grace and no love and no truth? You'd think it'd be church, but oftentimes it's the last place. A couple guys drinking a bunch of beers on the back deck can do a better job at transparency than folk in church. Hmm. It's true.
1: Why, why is that? Because we go to church and <laughs> we all sit here like we all just got it together. I know. we so happy all this. Is-
0: yeah. We fear shame. Wow. We fear shame.
1: That's great. Yep. yep. So, yeah.
0: Okay. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And uh, that's the great exchange where God takes the worst of Chris Perry and exchanges it for the best of Jesus. And I know the new birth. I I experienced the new birth because of that. And it's by faith And that exchange is embodied in the death of Jesus. And so the broken bread, the the cup, it all embodies flesh that's lacerated and capillaries are torn and there's bleeding. The crushed grape, the laceration of flesh produces bleeding. And that is why the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine embodies this thing called grace. So let me read this, and then when you're ready, uh, let's take the Lord's Supper. And we have more uh, uh, bread and juice here. Thank you, Michelle, for that. So Paul writes to the church at Corinth uh, For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let me pray, and then when you're ready, take your supper. Abba, Father, thank you for another, uh, n- another chance to just worship you, love you, and to confess that we are broken and sinful people, and we have done things that are wicked. We have thought things that are wicked. We have said things that are wicked absolutely out of your will and yet you've given us such grace to say thank you seems trivial but somehow thank you for having mercy on us oh God we drink the cup we take the bread we remember you and we say thank you Jesus name amen